What's up, everybody? This is the betrayed, the addicted, and the expert. My name is Brandon, and I am the expert. And I'm Ashlyn, and I was the betrayed. And I'm Kobe, the recovering addict. What you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing. Hey guys, good to have you. Welcome. Uh, glad to have you on another episode. Wanted to start uh, first off with just saying we appreciate you guys being here. We're going to have a little review um, from, a, uh, from a listener. Hello, in the eight months since my wife discovered my sex porn addiction problem and the associated betrayal, your podcast has been the most beneficial source of help in our recovery and, uh, you know, really short, really sweet to the point. But the truth is, is that, uh, you know, um, that's exactly why we do this. Quite honestly, is we, we, we have this podcast to help. We have this podcast to give Absolutely. insight. Yes. To, I mean, it's not therapy. It's never meant to be therapy, but specialized experience and specialized insights. And anyways, so. And lots of mistakes. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's for sure. All right. So, I wanted yeah. to mention that uh, for the women out there, I am going to be speaking at a women's retreat called Find Your Fearless, and it's put on by the Determined to Rise Project, which is actually, it's renamed, but it was the catalyst for me starting my own recovery uh, years ago. So I will be speaking there September 7th through 9th. It's in uh, Randolph, Utah. I think it's by Bear Lake. Okay. I don't know. But anyways, I hope that some of you guys can make it. So this is a retreat? It is a women's retreat, and it's more hands-on. You're going to have a lot more free time to connect with people, which is part of recovery. That's the cool part. Cool. All right. Let's let's jump into what we're talking about, the sweet spot of recovery. Um, I like hitting sweet spots. Uh, Live live life in the sweet spot, right? Um, So... There definitely is a sweet spot of recovery, and it has a lot to do with um, your motivation as to why you do what you do in your recovery. And I, I find myself in the culture that we're living in, um, having people dial it back a little bit in terms of their perfectionism and their shame as the main motivator in their recovery. Um, they do all of these things out of fear and shame and perfectionism, and they create more fear and shame, which creates more addiction. Um, so the sweet spot is found somewhere between acceptance of exactly where you're at, being okay with your life, being grateful for your life, accepting right where you're at today, and um, a desire for change, where you can say, I accept where I'm at, but I still want to push toward change and work toward change. If you're if you're to any, if, if you're way far to, to either one of those sides, either you're living in shame saying, I got to change, I got to change, I got to change, or you're living in complete denial saying, I'm good, everything's fine, right? And that sweet spot is right there in the middle where you, you, you have that surrender and that peace, that acceptance of what is, but at the same time you have that motivation for change. So what's your guys' experience with this? Uh, I, jeesh. How many times I started um, efforts in recovery purely from a place of like I'm not good enough, I'm a horrible person, so I, I better like get going, kind of a thing. And man, that was just really, really challenging for me for so long. It was really just starting from a place of shame. And that what what I figured out very quickly was that just it was short lived. Well, when there's a faulty core belief there 
for an addict, a sex addict that says, um, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm bad and unworthy. I'm not good enough, basically. It's really hard to stop and, and overcome that and accept, no, I am okay. I'm right, right where I'm at. Having acted out this morning, I'm still okay where I'm at. I accept myself. I'm lovable. I'm, I'm worthy of love, right? It's hard to do, right? And, and from the betrayed standpoint, that's really hard to do too. They're in a ton of pain. Um, they've probably internalized a lot of what's gone on and are feeling a lot of their own shame and just feeling like, how can I accept myself right where I'm at today in the midst of all this pain? Right. And more like, I, how do I accept that this is our life? Right. I hear that probably the most of this isn't fair. I didn't cause this. And why do we have to live this way now for the rest of our lives? Right. That's a hard pill to swallow. Right. But once you do, it's that's when I started to focus on what really got me to that sweet spot as I continue to find that sweet spot for myself is is focusing on like I can I can work on my stuff and I can still be happy with what's going on around me when um, Kobe might be in a, in a harder place than I am. I am still, I'm not, I don't have to go to that hard place. I can be there as a support for him. Yes. Um, that's world's difference than when we started. So, so here's the thing, Ashlyn and, and Kobe, um, how well does rejecting your reality work for recovery? Well, we tried that for a lot of time. A lot of time, yeah. It was just, this is good enough, or this is as good as it gets, and um, let's ignore it. Let's not talk about it's it. It's not that big of a problem. All the denial tactics we've Minimizing, talked about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think both of us, it, when people say, you know, my husband has the same story, but it's not as bad as Kobe's. But a lot of other people would say Kobe's isn't that bad. Yeah. And so it really is depending on how you look at it. Kobe yeah, really... I also said that actually. <laughs> oh, we said it forever. Right. If he wasn't looking at porn every day, he wasn't having an affair every month. And and so you look at it and say, how how is this really controlling your life and really changing? Well, it's interesting when you guys talk about kind of your recovery process and you talk about those years of just kind of misery that you lived together and tried to have a marriage work together. Meanwhile, there's, there's just lying and, and acting out going on, you know, and, and um, that you, you guys were in a lot of denial then you were trying to survive and that's why you're in the denial, but you weren't accepting what was, you weren't looking at what was. And so, so it got in the way of actually being motivated to work your recovery. Right. It, it definitely, it definitely did that. And, you know, I'm just kind of seeing, you know, talking about the sweet spot of recovery, I'm seeing kind of visually the lateral movements that we would make from one end of the spectrum to the other and totally skipping over without realizing it, the sweet spot uh-huh. of all this. So, so you'd go from let's not try, let's not do anything like it's not going to get better anyways, we're in denial, to, okay, like, let's amp it up and get better and be perfect. Join every group. Join every, <laughs> do everything we possibly can and never miss a daily, mm-hmm. right? And go to perfectionistic mode, yeah. right? Doesn't, and it doesn't was, oh, work. that doesn't it work. Hard. <laughs> it, was, it was heavy to do it like that. Was, do you think? Well, you, far, you fall farther than when you were just not accepting, right? Right. When you just fall you're like okay well what's new i always fall but when you go to that place of i have to do it and i have to do it perfect and you fall it's like oh it's so much worse how do i ever start again totally 
So yeah. and, and and that's a good indicator that your recovery is shame based, right? So I I want to talk about unicorns for a second. Um, my my women's group they call men in recovery unicorns because they're like I don't think they really exist, but they do. And they do. I talk to unicorns every day, and <laughs> and they're awesome. And the thing about a unicorn, a man in recovery, um, that one of the best indicators of, of recovery for them is that when they come into my office and when I talk to them, um, their energy is just this energy of love and acceptance um, for themselves, for their wife. Uh, they just, they're grateful and they accept what is in their life. And they're not way upset over things that go bad in their life. Um, and they're not, they're, they're not depressed either. They're right there in the middle just kind of accepting life as it comes and and grateful for their life as it is. Um, I met this week with a guy who had a a recent relapse, and it's infrequent for him to relapse, very rare. Um, But he came in accepting his relapse and looking at it and working on it and knowing he needs to make changes in his life. And he's not okay with the fact that he relapsed, but he's okay with the fact that he relapsed. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, but There's that probably middle ground. listeners don't. <laughs> so say more of that, of that from your perspective, Ashlyn. Well, I think it's exactly what Brandon started off. It's it's accepting, with, but also saying, I still need to make change. Exactly. It's, it is that sweet spot of saying, I'm not the best me I'm going to be. I'm not there yet. I haven't graduated. I haven't recovered. I'm in recovery. Right. I'm going to make mistakes. Right. It's, it's that old uh, justice and mercy um, dialectic where where those things are at war with each other, right? Yet um, justice and mercy uh, exist together. And we, we need to have that with ourselves. You know, justice is the change piece. Something needs to change. There's consequences. We need to work towards something. And mercy is the grace piece. Let it go. It's okay. Accept yourself right where you're at. And that balance place is, is where recovery lives. Um, you can go to a lot of treatment and, and treatment centers and, and things that will, will, will pull the whip out and start cracking it hard and, 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 and understand something. That's how these people make their money. They have their systems. They have their programs. They have, here's all the do. Here's all the things that you should do to get better, right? And I'm not knocking those things. A lot of those things are really, really good. Right, but when that's all you get from therapists or life coaches or whatever, and and, and you go there and like they're gonna fix me, and you get this this laundry list of all this stuff to do, then you apply your fear and your shame and your pe- perfectionism to it. That person's not helping you, and you're not helping yourself, right? So it's not long lasting change. No Short-lived. way. It's a it's it's the it's the checklist that we talk about all the time, right? You're checklisting it from a place of fear and from a place of shame. So it doesn't work. I would say that um, I can identify with that. You know, all the doing, all the checklists, all the things that I needed to do. And what's interesting is as soon as I let go of all those things, um, of the expectations of being perfect, that's when I was able to embrace like just a very focused effort day to day on being mindful of emotions and boundaries and being mindful of executing my, my dailies. And so letting, I guess what I'm saying is, is in, in like a sentence, letting go perfection, help me focus on being consistent. 
so I love what you just said, Kobe, and 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 it makes me think about a lot of things. But the 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 fact of the matter is, is we all want to be valued and we want to feel worth, right? And so we we strive for that. And um, if we don't feel value and we don't feel worth from God or from our family and, and our relationships, we don't have that loving attachment and connection then we set out on our own to fill it. And we do that by trying to be good enough, um, trying to be perfect enough to get our value and our worth. And what you just said, Kobe, is, you know, you got to let go. You got to let go of that. But it's really hard to let go of that if you don't have any anywhere to surrender to. It, it, it's, it's, it's easy to say, look, I can be imperfect because I know God loves me anyways. Um, I can... I can make mistakes because I know I'm loved and cared for anyways. And so I'm going to go I'm going to go make mistakes and I'm fine anyways, right? If you don't have that I'm fine anyways because you haven't surrendered to to God or you don't have the love of your family, then it's really hard to let go, right? Um what well, I I don't mean to to interject again, but the thought that comes to my mind is is when I rely on if I accept God's definition of who I am, if I accept like my own worth, if I understand that I am his son, then I totally feel enough and I can let go of definitions of who I am that include this achievement at work, this perception of the kind of father that I am, this perception of, uh, of what I achieved in, in sports, blah, 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 or also and including this is how sober I am. This is how many months of recovery I've been working. Mm-hmm. As soon as I can let go of all of those things, then I can really like um, more fully embrace God's love for me that can't be defined by any mortal achievement that I can do. Right. But as soon as I hold on to those things, right? Um, and I did that for a long time. Like I would count how many days, how many weeks, how many months I was, I was, um, sober. And as soon as I let go of that, then I, then it was interesting because it was like, I was able to slough the the thoughts of shame as defining my own self and my own worth. And it was like the doors are open to accepting God's love and definition of me. Right. I, um, I think that uh, when I when I meet with a woman who's been hurt and betrayed and she's she's struggling and she starts to get healthy, um, I, I you know she might be going moving toward a, a very hard divorce or whatever in her life and and I love when I hear um, things like you know what I'm going to be okay anyways like this is right where I'm at I'm supposed to learn something from this and I'm going to be okay. I can move forward here. I'm in a lot of pain, but and, and that's that sweet spot of recovery, which is look, God's here with me, and and I can praise God in this moment and accept what is, yet still work towards some some change, some boundary holding in my life, and um, and that's real recovery right there. That's the sweet spot, right? I think a lot of it is uh, mindfulness, which we also talk about in being present enough to say things are good. There are a lot of good things happening in my life, even if life is a mess. And I feel like for me, I kind of adopted 
kind of cliche statements, but life is good. You know, see the good and be the good. And so it wasn't me just saying, I'm going to find some good out there in my day, but I'm also going to participate. I'm going to be some of that because when you can do both of those things, you're actively trying. You're not just sitting back and saying, you know, I wish that I could get my stuff together. Well, and what you won't do those things, Ashlyn, if you're sitting back, rejecting your life, if you're wallowing in, in I, I did do that. Right. I, I looked like I had a happy life. We had a lot of uh, monetary successes and worldly success, and I wasn't happy. Right. I didn't see the good. Um, if it, you know, if, if Kobe did anything wrong, I the, everything fell apart. Right? right. And it was this blanket statement of like, life is so hard. Right. And so I really had to flip a switch. I. I mean, most people don't see it now, but I really was the pessimist in our relationship. I saw everything as negative and hard. and You were rejecting life. Yes, I yeah. really was. I was also the negative person. Right. I wasn't super fun to be around. Right. Not that I'm the life of the party now, but I'm at least pleasant. <laughs> right. But you know what's amazing, and it's what we talked about last week. If you accept what is in your life, and then you do the good, you be the good, then what happens? You start to attract that into your life, right? Oh, yeah. And it's just a snowball that, that starts rolling, and it's it's awesome. So, I think the uh, I think the real the real key for me, and I can't speak for everybody, but the real key for me was being aware that I had this expectation of not. I had this expectation of myself to not be in addict mode. I had an expectation for myself of being perfect. I had um, an expectation that just really wasn't based in reality. And um, what's cool is, is I learned, again, going circling back to this, what helped me let go of this expectation of perfection, that I could somehow earn God's validation for me. <laughs> like that's a thing, right? Um, but, but what's You're cool You're the is, only person who's ever thought that. Totally, <laughs> right? Like yeah. the only one that was like, just, just copyright that for me. But um, what's cool is I found, like, sanctity and, like, solace in being able to be consistent with a few things every day. Moreover, it took a lot of mindfulness to let go of, of, of the ways that perfectionism showed up for me day to day. Because there are some very real things, very real thought processes and very real um, ways of being that I had of perfectionism that were kind of like, I don't know, right. manifestations of that got in the way. And the funny thing I think to point out, Kobe is, he's not that personality that's like OCD and, and really structured and organized. So when I think of perfectionism, that's what I think of. And so it's hard to admit when you're not those things right. that you're acting in perfectionist mode. Right. When you're still a mess everywhere else, but it's like, it was well, happening. In a way, like the guy who never like talks about what's really going on in, in his life. He's a perfectionist because he wants nobody to see his blemishes. So he's hiding who he really is. He wants to look perfect. Right. So perfectionism is not just OCD, anxiety, work extremely hard. Perfectionism is shame. Um, shame that, that motivates you to do things. Wait, wait, say, say that again, please. Perfectionism is not just OCD, anxiety that makes you work hard. It's shame that motivates you to do 
do things, right? That's what, so, so, so you want to be perfect because you don't like that, that people can see your blemishes, so you work hard not to be seen that way. That's what perfectionism is. And it never works long term. Because I, I don't, like, I mean, as hard as I tried to be sober, I, I was, and so let me be really, really clear. Sobriety is a very um, important metric of recovery, but it's one of many. And I can be sober and still totally be unchanged inwardly. <laughs> I can still be a total jerk to you and to the girls, Ashlyn. If, if I'm unchanged internally and perfectionism does not facilitate change internally. Well, one of the big problems with, with um, just recovery and is that people, um, they, they hyper-focus on that sobriety and they apply perfectionism to the sobriety and then they think that they're creating recovery. So somebody might get three years of sobriety and do it through perfectionism and they're totally disconnected and shame-based, right? Somebody might only get 10 days of sobriety because they're working so hard to be perfect that they have this control and release phase that they're relapsing every so often because they're trying so hard to be sober. Trying so hard to be sober is what's causing their relapse, right? And the sweet spot of recovery is this place where you don't need to numb your life out. Um, So you don't need to go into this control phase in order to be perfect, not relapse, you just feel good. So you don't need a relapse, right? So And it is so much easier. That, that sounds way. super easy. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, it is so much better. But it sounds lighter, right? It doesn't it sound so heavy. It doesn't just sound daunting. daunting. But you know why it's you know why everyone doesn't do it? It's because it's scary. Because it's letting go. No, people don't want to surrender. They don't want to they don't want to say, you know, I, this isn't in my control. God, I accept what is in my life. There's a lot of things in our life that's out of our control. And so we want to say, no, 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 no. I can control this. So I can be perfect enough. I can change this. I can. And, and it's hard to, to be vulnerable to God's will in our life because we're, yeah. then, we're, then we're vulnerable. Who wants to be vulnerable, right? But that's, you have to be vulnerable in order to get to that place of acceptance. So, wow. You know, I think who better to be vulnerable with? Than yeah. God, <laughs> yeah. someone who's um, who knows us better than we know ourselves. So, to sum this up, it. to sum this up, the sweet spot of recovery re- resides with God and your relationship to God. And 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 what that means is you'll only come to a place of acceptance and a place of a positive change um, when you know that God's there and God loves you, no matter what. Yep. Like no matter what. So um, I, I think the real objective for us um, now with this episode um, is in creating the, the, the deep dive on this, which, which will live on Patreon this week, is to discuss the markers along the path that, that Ashlyn, you and I both saw and observed in recovery that were markers of perfectionism, right? This is where perfectionism lived. These are the things to be aware of because if – because if some of if these are some of the things obviously that we're going to discuss show up, it's like oh my gosh, then I'm 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 getting too focused on perfectionism. But then likewise, it's like what are the things that actually took place mentally and 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 physically each day to help us be consistent so that we could let go of perfectionism and embrace this like inward consistent effort to be focused. Yeah. So talking about recognizing perfectionism and learning how to let go. 
Thanks. Right. And you can join our Patreon community uh, with the show notes. There is a link. It's also linked on our website. And um, come be a part of it. It's an opportunity for you to ask more questions and get a little bit more information from us. Our Q&A last month was awesome. We, we answered some really tough questions. Yeah. And, um, and we, we sat and chatted for almost like 40 minutes, I think to answer people's questions. So it was awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah. So thank you for being there for those of you who are. And if you guys haven't gone and rated and reviewed our podcast, we'd really appreciate that. And we'd love to share your fan shout out. Awesome. See you guys. Thanks guys. Peace out.